This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite Quick Bite. Today's topic is, is it worth investing more money in high-end gear? Is that extra cash worth the spend? Uh, if you ask me the question, I'd probably say, yeah. What do you think, George? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I'm one of those people that for many years have always you know, and I and I still to this day believe that you know if a piece of gear sounds good, it is good, right? Like, and and that price point now of what sounds good is dropping all the time. So you know, you can put together a very usable studio that will produce very good results at you know a very reasonable sum. But we have had issues with many different manufacturers from all around the globe. Um, but more so on certain continents um, that have been producing product, uh, products that don't have consistent or long-term uh, quality. And, and it's frustrating because, you know, there's gear from, you know, I'll, I won't single any one company out, but I'll name a whole bunch of companies. That way nobody's singled out. Um, I've had gear that I've recommended across the board from Universal Audio, Mackie, Steinberg, Focusrite, Mark of the Unicorn, or AKA Motu. Um, let's see, Echo Audio. Those are just a few I can think of off the top of my head. Um, where, you know, there's a product that they make that I love. I start recommending it to, you know, everybody who I work with. And then, sure enough, oh, Audient. Oh, sorry, I don't want to leave them out because they're, <laughs> they're in there, they're in that group. Um, there, there's a product, you know, that I hang my hat on that I love. And then at some point, either it's within a few months or maybe a year or two, that thing just starts to have a high failure rate. And, but what's common among all of these pieces of gear, whether they sound great and are well-designed or not, is their country of origin overall in almost every case this gear is not made here in the States. It's not made by hand and it's at a bargain consumer price. And that does include the universal audio Apollo as amazing as that gear is and how great it sounds. They are still made in a factory in China, not here in the States, not, not in Germany, not in Australia, not handmade. They're made in a giant factory and, and the QC can be a real problem. And it's not that, the thing will have problems and leave the factory with problems. It's that a component that was used to manufacture them in large quantities, they do what's called batches. They'll make a batch of Apollo Mark, you know, Apollo Twin Mark II or whatever. They'll make a batch. There might be 500 units in that batch. There could be a thousand. We don't know. But if there's an issue with a component in that batch, like one circuit board or something in the, in the design wasn't tested thoroughly or burned in properly or God knows what, that issue is duplicated a thousand times. And so <laughs> I've had this happen with Centrance Port Pros. In fact, that was the first product I ever actually sold retail myself where I would sell them directly to people. I got a bad batch of them. This was like 10 years ago, right? I got five units and all of them had noise issues, right? And then it was just me, a guy, 
Now having to troubleshoot them, you know, I had to get new ones. I had to show that the product was the problem, not the client, not the user, not the microphone, you know. Then I had to get replacements and I had to ship them. And something that I was making 20 bucks on, you know, it was just insane. And it made me want to stop selling gear altogether, right? So this just is uh, extremely uh, common, unfortunately, among anything that's made in very large batch quantities. So that all to say, things that are made by hand at higher price points tend to be better in the long run. They last, right? It's interesting because I can give you a few, in fact, I've had a few examples of this. The first thing I had fail uh, was my first Gefell M930, um, but that was replaced. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's probably made by hand in small quantities. Correct. Uh, that was the first one. The second failure I had was the my Neve 2254 compressor. Uh, Neve huh. didn't support me. They said the warranty had run out um, like a couple of months before, so I had to pay for the repair. So that wasn't a good experience. Um, the next thing I had fail was um, the Grace M101 uh, preamp, mm-hmm. and that was years. I'd had the thing for probably, I don't know, close to 10 years, I guess. Uh, I spoke to the guys at Grace. All I had to do was pay for the pack uh, shipping to and from the States, they completely changed all the boards and everything and sent it back to me free of charge. That's a really good... And, and, and as far as you knew, was that under warranty at that point or was that out of warranty, technically? Uh, the Grace was way out of warranty. Do you think they gave you any special treatment, do you think? Or do you think they were just doing what they do, which is standing, standing behind the product when it was clearly not you know, user error or abuse? Um, I'm guessing they're standing behind their product because... Um, it's a quality product. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't imagine they're giving me special treatment. I don't know why they would. Right. <laughs> really. But, uh, right. You're not Eric um, Clapton. Hey, George, that Andrew Peters is sending his gear back again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but they're the only things I've had trouble with. Well, you're not Jacob Collier. <laughs> I don't know if you know him, but you're not him. Yeah. So anyway, that, that, that's been my experience, but... Um, uh, oh, and also, um, I should actually say, Austrian Audio, I got one uh, microphone that was had some weird clicking, and that was replaced immediately as well. So that was a good experience. Yeah, it was just last yeah. year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a gear slut, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot. You have and you've owned a lot of gear because you love buying gear. He's got more gear than I do. I don't know, but I believe it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the the thing is, is, The more gear you own, the more that just becomes part and parcel, right? But and 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 for Andrew, in in case of in the case of Andrew, he's got some redundancy. If something was to go down, for the most part, he can patch in another preamp and get back to work. Because Andrew's running what's probably more almost like a like a project studio, you know, or commercial studio in terms of the amount of gear he's using, the signal chain he's got, the quality of it is is very high grade. And, you know, a lot of voice actors are going to essentially get by with what they can get by with, you know, because they either they don't have the budget or they just don't even have the interest. They just can't even understand why you would spend more. If if this $100 thing works, why spend more? So it is interesting. The next thing, the next company I was going to mention, you've probably heard of, they're called Apple. Um <laughs> You know, of course, they have a warranty like any other company. But I will tell you of two stories where they 
stepped up way outside the warranty period and replaced some very expensive equipment for for me personally. I had a a Mac G5 tower that was given to me. It was a gift essentially from a client because it was it was crashing. And he didn't know what to do. And at the time he was ready to upgrade anyway. And he just kind of let it go. And I took home this boat anchor of a Mac Pro or Power Mac before Mac Pro. And it was huge and heavy. And uh, this was the quad core version. It was the top of the line. It used so much power. It had a different power cord than a normal Mac. It was really a beast. But long story short, when it was proven to actually have a hardware failure, years and years out of production, they replaced it with a Mac Pro. Wow. They replaced a, you know, a three or $4,000 Power Mac that was maybe five, six years old with a brand new 2006 Mac Pro. They're like, well, we can't give you another Power Mac, but we can give you a new Mac, uh, Mac Pro. Would that be okay? And I was like, well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Sure. I think I'm happy with that. So, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So they stepped, and I had a similar thing a little different with a, a MacBook Pro. And, you know, they discovered that they had a, a, a graphics card failing, failing issue. It wasn't, you know, something they considered internally warranty replacement. It was really more of a, we screwed up. We put a bad component in this thing. It has a high failure rate. We need to make it right and replace it. And so they were fixed. They fixed a way out of warranty MacBook Pro with a new system board, you know, main board. And that would have cost six, $700 minimum, but they replaced it. So companies will stand behind professional grade products um, better than companies making consumer grade stuff. So think about that when you're shopping. I always think it's always best to pay more at the beginning and get the best. How about you? What's your failure rate? My failure rate? Yeah. Uh, I think the only one I can think of is uh, I bought a a MIDI keyboard, an M Audio MIDI keyboard about 18 months ago and it turned up and it just wouldn't power up. But that's about the only failure I can think of besides, you know, hard drives and all the regular stuff that die in a studio. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, I bought that off uh, one of the online studio retailers here and yeah, they happily took it back. I never heard what the problem was, but got a new one in the mail promptly. So, um, so yeah, I've been lucky, touch, touch wood. Um, I don't think I've had anything yeah. major go on me, which is kind of nice. Well, you know, that's good. I'm glad, man. That's a good experience. I, I have to say, like, I, I'm not, uh, I've not been one that's easily impressed by retailers in the U.S. either, like, you know, their service after the sale. But from what I've been gathering from my clients that use the Apollo, the ones that have had the best a chance at getting issues resolved, tech support issues, or even replacements, are those that have bought the thing from Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought you could say that. Sweetwater's support department is like hardcore about customer satisfaction. Um, one of my contacts on Facebook uh, mentioned in a discussion thread that he was one of those sales engineers. That's what they call him, I think. And he said, I have to admit, I didn't like it. It was brutal. They were, they were relentless on us solving problems and we didn't, you know, get rewarded very well for it. But the customers were always taken care of very, very well. And so, you know, at this point when people have an Apollo with a problem, 
if they bought it from Sweetwater, I'm like immediately go to Sweetwater. Do not go to your, do not go to Universal Audio for support. You're going to be very disappointed. You might wait forever, and you know you might get not get what you're looking for. So sometimes picking the right dealer is everything. You know, it's and that that Apollo is in a weird sweet spot, right? It's not cheap equipment. You know, it's five hundred dollars plus for an Apollo, but in order for it to do what it does at that price point, unfortunately, they have to make it in China. If they had made that thing in the U.S., in U.S. factories, and it'd probably be twice the price, and then a lot of people wouldn't buy it. So it's a trade-off that you're going to get when you get something that does so many things at such an affordable price. You know, you got to watch out for that. Well, it's interesting because uh, I, that's why I'm curious about the SSL2 I bought. Based on the price point, I'm looking at it thinking, I'm going to turn this thing upside down and look on the bottom and see where it's made. And I did, and it wasn't in Oxford, England. Yeah, I mean, what's the next cheaper, what's the next cheapest product in the SSL product line going up the price charts from the SSL too? Well, I don't even I know what it's, it's going to be. Is it going to be the uh, the six? Yes, it's called the SSL so. six, right? Yeah. It's still a $1,500 piece of gear, right? Yeah. So we're going from a $200 USB interface to a $1,500 mixer. And they have channel strips and stuff too. And they're still 1000 plus. But correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't aren't Apple's products made in the People's Republic? They sure are. So how does that work? That's kind of interesting. They are are big enough and well-funded enough. And their brand is so synonymous with quality that for them, they will take the hit when they have to. Um, it's not always easy to convince Apple that the product is their, that the problem is their product. It can be quite challenging actually, because, you know, if you're using their computer as a consumer, which means plugging it into the wall and then, you know, that's it. (laughs) You don't plug anything else into it and you don't install anything on it. Then it's pretty easy if something goes wrong. Well, it's probably Apple, you know, but as soon as you're integrating it with other products and plugging in other things and USB this and Thunderbolt that and God knows what, it's way harder to start proving an issue is directly the computer. Um, So in my case, both issues that I had that were replaced like that were issues I could recreate readily without any third-party equipment plugged in. You know, so I was lucky. Like the computer crash uh, with the graphics card problem, I was able to get it to crash on the workbench at the Apple store um, predictably. You know, had that not been able to be done, I don't think I could have proven it was it was a hardware problem. It would have been hard. Well, so what's the moral of the story? You get what you pay for, I think. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. You get what you pay yeah. for. And if you care about a piece of equipment not needing replacement every three to five years, um, go up market. Buy the things that are made by hand, you know, by craftsmen, Craftswomen, you know, people that are highly skilled techs that um, have a long history of building these things and, you know, pay attention where things are made. Be careful. Some, some of the big brands that you know from history are just renamed. You know, they license their name to another company. And so even though it has that historical name that's famous, it may not be what you think you're, it is that you're buying. So just be, do your homework when it comes time to spend a thousand plus dollars on a mic or, you know, on a preamp channel, just make sure you understand who's making it, where it came from, 
and um, you're getting what you actually think you're buying, not just something that looks expensive with a fancy name on the front. And always have a backup. Yes. And always have a backup. Yes, sir. <laughs> this show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, edited by Andrew Peters, using Rode microphones and Source Connect Now, tech support from George the Tech Whittem, and supported by Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. Yeah.